Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. Yeah, good morning and happy new year. Uh, today's uh, Bible verse is taken from Matthew 16, uh, 1 through 4. Uh, now, I was told the word uh, Bible what it stands for is basic instructions before leaving earth. So these are our marching orders, so listen up. You can read along with me too if you choose. Now when the Pharisees and Sadducees came to test Jesus, they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. He said, when evening comes, you say, it will be fair weather because the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be stormy today because the sky is red and darkening. You know how to judge correctly the appearance of the sky, but you cannot evaluate the signs of the times. The wicked and adulterous generation asked for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. Then he left them and went away. Thank you, Bill. I know Sharon was there. Sharon Bartlett was there. I don't know anybody else in the room, but a 1998 Bill, over here in the Loon Mountain parking lot, I watched a band called Burlap to Cashmere. And they're one of my favorite Christian bands from the 1990s. And they have a song called Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. And so if you're a Spotify person or if you're a YouTube person, just type in burlap to cashmere, basis constructions before leaving earth. It's, it's, it's because you said that I literally can't get that song out of my head right now. And I have not uh, uh, basic instructions before leaving earth. Anyway, I did sing it. So there you go. Um, it's good. Um, where did my notes go? I'm going to try to do this here. Well, I'm a storyteller. And uh, today's sermon uh, and scripture passage uh, comes with a story from my life. Um, this, this passage of scripture, I, I was like thinking this week, like, do we go back into Ecclesiastes? Which we will, so don't worry, we're going to get back into the books of wisdom. Uh, do, buckle up, because we are almost done Ecclesiastes, but we haven't started Proverbs. Remember, we did Job, uh, now we're like three quarters away through Ecclesiastes, and I think we're going to move right into Proverbs, because we still need wisdom. Uh, and Proverbs is awesome, right? Proverbs is like a bunch of fortune cookies, uh, of, filled with wisdom, uh, which is great. Um, anyone eat Chinese food over the holiday? I feel like Christmas and New Year's is a very Chinese food type of, I did twice maybe three times um anyway so um we're gonna get back into that but i i don't know why but twice randomly opening god's word this week i came to matthew chapter 16 verses 1 through 4 that you read this morning and what does it have to do with anything right now i don't honestly i don't know the holy spirit just kind of you know just kept putting it in my lap and um, you read it with Bill, but I'm going to read it again. Now, when the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to Jesus and to test him, they asked, hey, show us a sign from heaven. And he said, what? You guys know red sky at night, sailors delight, and red sky in the morning, sailors take warning. 
You can read the weather, but you don't know the signs of the times. Wow. This is the highest paid, educated people of the time that he's talking to. He's not talking to Marcuses of the time. He's talking to people who have the highest level of education. And back then, the only form of education at that high level was religious, was in the Bible. He's talking to people that have actual books of the Bible memorized. Let me say that again. He's talking to people that have actual books memorized, and they weren't the New Testament books that you and I would like to memorize, like James. They were books like Deuteronomy, and Genesis, and Exodus, and Leviticus. Yeah, does anyone in this room have memorized the book of Leviticus? Didn't think so. He was talking to these people. To just give you some historical context, that's who he's talking to. But we can flip it and say, no, you know what? He is talking to Marcus. Because when in the history of Everness have we had more information at our fingertips? More information. Oh, that's my notes. Nice. Thanks, Nathan. <laughs> Got my notes. Thanks to Nathan. Um, with Google and all of the cool Bible apps and I mean, the Bible project and... Um, What's that cool Bible app that the, the kids listen to? Abishai, what's the one, the cool thing that you listen to? Dwell. The Dwell app where you got you can pick. It's like, it's like you know, it's like uh, Google Maps. You can pick all the different voices. I want to hear someone from Australia read me the Bible this morning. I'd like to hear someone from Ireland read me the Bible this morning. I mean, come on now. I picked the one from someone from China read me the Bible, but I didn't get it. Um, anyway, uh, but it's kind of unique. We have all of this at our fingertips. And Jesus can be talking straight to us. And let me tell a story to, to kind of like help you grasp, I think, what Jesus is driving at. Well, before we came and worked here, Heidi and I worked at a place called Moose River Outpost. And you've probably heard us talk about it before. What I love about Moose River Outpost is, is Christian camping also. Is what I love about Christian camping is it creates community. Because typically, Christian camps take you away from the norm out usually somewhere in the woods, and you have a shared common experience with people. And then that creates bonding. And that's what I would reiterate why one good thing about coming to the Sunday morning gathering, why it's, why it's important, is you guys have a shared common experience here with Coffee Shop Church and Chairlift Church and Gondola Church. You have a shared common experience which connects you to something bigger than just yourself. Right, So I think it's cool that you're here and continue to come. Um, but at Christian camping, you get these unique experiences. Well, Moose River Outpost is an incredible, unique experience because uh, you go to uh, the last Walmart on Route 20, 201 in Maine and then go another hour and 45 minutes and you make it to Moose River Outpost. If you hit the Canadian border, you've gone only about four miles too far. That's how far. Moose River Outpost is not the end of the world, but you can see it from there. It is in the middle of nowhere. And it's 7,000 acres, which to give you an idea, it's 10 square miles. And we were blessed, Heidi and I, to live there for about 60 years, which is really cool. And believe it or not, when we moved away to come back to civilization, I know it's crazy for me to call Lincoln Woodstock civilization, but it is, if you lived out there, uh, Heidi was the one dragging her feet. She absolutely loves the woods, and she loved it up there. But one of our first winters ever living full-time up there, 
We did not have any retreat groups over the Christmas and New Year holiday. But then coming in this next week, we're going to have the Nazarene pastors of Maine have a prayer summit. And it was going to be our first winter retreat ever. We were so, so excited. But before we went, we spent our first and my only Christmas ever away from Maine. God bless Heidi. And we went to her parents in Minnesota. So we go to Minnesota. And while we're in Minnesota, I get this email from some people in town, Jackman. Hey, would you like us to go to camp and check on it? We've gotten, you know, eight inches of snow. Well, then the next day, would you like us to go check in on camp? We've got another six inches of snow. Well, three days later, would you like us to go check on camp? We just got 11 inches of snow, right? This is over the week of Christmas. And I think I wasn't maybe answering my email. My boss wasn't really answering their email. Our maintenance guy was no longer working there. So Heidi and I were kind of like the maintenance. And we had a local couple that was cooking, which is cool. But we had no maintenance. And by the time we got to Moose River Outpost after New Year's, there was between two to three feet of snow on a three-mile road that gets you into camp. Well, halfway down that road was our um, front-end loader. Big Michigan front-end loader. You know what? No big deal. We'll get the front-end loader going. It's going to take us probably a day to get the road cleared, but we'll get three miles of two feet of snow cleared out. No big deal. We'll get this. Got to the front-end loader. Cool. Won't start. Well, the batteries are dead. So we go down, get the chargers, get them down there, charge these huge batteries. I mean, there's four massive batteries in the front-end loader. Clunk. Man, we got full juice. Check these batteries. Yes, they got full juice. Well, you know what? Let's just start again. I'll go buy four new batteries. Well, those batteries are like 120 bucks a piece. And so we bought four new batteries for like $500. Put them in there and what? Clunk. It's like, man. Well, you know what? It must be the starter. The starter must not have enough to engage the flywheel to start this huge motor. So I take, because we're in Jackman. And I find a guy in Auburn, Maine, well, Turner, actually, that can rebuild this starter. So this starter, you know, is about this big. So we're, we're getting, we got a retreat group coming like in three or four days. And we've got three miles of two and a half feet of snow. So I take this big starter and I drive all the way down to Auburn. Remind, remember this, I am taking my family three miles back and in on a snowmobile so they can stay at our house back there. I'm taking a starter back. Our cars are three and a half miles down on Route 201. And we're going back and forth on a snowmobile and then going back and forth to town and going to Auburn. Auburn and Turner was a three, three and a half hour drive with our starter. So I get there and I said, hey, I'm going to drive. Can you work on it while I'm there? I'm going to go to the grocery store or whatever. Because when you go down river, you get all the stuff. Literally, when I used to go to church in Jackman, there was about, you know, eight to ten of us. And literally during prayer time, someone would be like, I'm going to go down river on Tuesday. I appreciate the prayers that I don't hit any moose. And if anyone needs anything, let me know. And you would literally hand a person in your church a $100 bill and a grocery list because they were going down river. And then you would meet them when they came back on Tuesday and get your groceries. Literally what you would do at church. It was really cool. I, I, it was, and so this day, you'll still hear me refer to down river. I'll be like, oh, I'm going to go down river to Plymouth. If you need anything, I'm going down river. Um, but anyway, so I went down, got this starter, and I got there. The guy looked at it, he goes, that starter's not broken. There's nothing wrong with your starter. Oh, he's like, probably your flywheel's frozen or something in the motor is seized up. It's like, oh, man. So we go back, and now I've got, I'm going to, our, our, our uh, 
there was a guy that ran a sugar bush there that wasn't our maintenance guy at the time, but he was super handy. He's now looking at it. I live in Jackman where there's like huge logging outfits. So those guys rode their snowmobile in to look at this front end loader that we can't get started. They move the motor. Nope, the motor moves. You can get the things to move in there. We're good. They get back in, clunk. We rewire the, the starter from the, the battery, clunk. We say, you know what? Well, let's just rebuild the starter anyway. We rebuilt the starter anyway, clunk. We've got all these people looking at it. Finally, one of my buddies that owns a trucking company in Auburn who loves the snowmobile came up because he loves snowmobiling. And he's like, comes over and he's like, oh, let me in. And the first thing he did is he walked to the back of the front end loader. Now, I'm talking, guys, this is a full week of stressing about this thing and working on it night and day just to get to the key and go clunk after we spent, I don't know, a thousand plus dollars in time. He goes to the back of the front end loader, opens where the batteries are, and he goes, oh, well, your emergency cutoff switch is on. No joke. He turns the emergency cutoff switch back off, and then she goes, vroom, and fires right up. Can you believe that, folks? And how many times have you done that in your personal life? You have done all these crazy things, whether it be with a TV or a VCR or your car or a snowmobile or like a, a snowblower. You've done all these things just to find that the emergency kill switch is just left on. That's what Jesus is talking about right here. He is talking to the people that go to church the exact hour, the exact time they're supposed to. They read the word of God the exact time, the exact you know, way they're supposed to. They pray the exact way they're supposed to pray. Heck, they have full books of the Old Testament memorized. They wash and ceremonial clean at the right time. They give their sacrifices at the right time. They wear the right clothes. They vote the right way. They listen to the right music. They talk the right way. Everything they do is the right way, and they have worked diligently on it. And Jesus goes, Yoo-hoo! Your emergency switch is left on pal is literally what he's saying he's saying you guys complicate this thing and then he says you know how to read the weather this is back when they didn't have news i feel like if jesus showed up today he would say to you and he would say to me you guys watch the news all the time and you're looking for some kind of sign Right? Do we not do that? All of us are guilty of it. Now, there are some that are really guilty of it. And they want to talk to you about the end times and how this person's the Antichrist and that's the Antichrist and it's the end of the world. And I'm looking for a sign. I'm looking for a sign. Now, I'm not going to go down that road because I'm not paid enough to do that. I didn't go into school enough. But I will tell you that from the words of Jesus, I think what he's saying is, Woohoo! You! Quit looking at all of this other stuff. And when I examine my own heart, when I think about Marcus, I go down these rabbit holes of theology. And whether it is the end times or the not, or who's going to be this or that, and who should teach and who should not teach, and should we use this, you know, translation of the Bible or that translation of the Bible, or, you know, is this political party in the right, or is that political party in the right, or should I vote like this or vote like that? And I get down all these rabbit trails, and I feel like Jesus would say to me with this verse, hey, hey, Marcus. Hey, Marcus, slow down, pal. You are concerned with all of these things that are out of your control. And what is in your control, you are distracting yourself from. Let me get at this, because this hit me hard. 
What is within your control, you're distracting yourself from, Marcus. And I think he's saying the same thing to you as well. Are you concerned with these big, lofty thoughts about the Bible? Or these big, lofty thoughts about the end times or what this whole pandemic means? And, and it's okay to think about some of those things. But if it's distracting you, if it's distracting you from confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, if it's distracting you from self-awareness, from what James says, using the book of the using the Bible, what James says, using the Bible as a mirror. A mirror looks at who? When you look in the mirror, who do you see? Your neighbor? No. Do you see your spouse? No. Do you see your kids? No. Do you see a political party? No. Do you see a you know a certain kind of music or no? You see you. And when we get all into all of these other things, when we get all into, you know, really worried about all of these other things, what happens? We're really taking the easy way out. If you're a parent, you've seen this done in real life. Hey, I really want you to go clean your room. I organized the garage. Okay, thanks. Hey, I'd really like for you to be home on time. I made you brownies. Right? Right? Hey, uh, I, I really would like for you, you know, to rake the yard. I cleaned my room. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? We love to distract ourselves and we love to distract others about what really actually needs to be addressed. There's something beautiful that all of us can learn from the 12 steps. And one of them is to not worry about things that we cannot change. But to have the courage to address the things that we can change. And I would say to take a step farther in the word of God, that courage comes from the counselor. Right? That courage comes from the comforter. The one who pushes us towards Jesus Christ. Intimacy with Jesus. So are you like me, and are you like the Pharisees, where we can get concerned about all of this macro stuff that we love to talk about, that maybe makes us sound righteous, or makes us sound smart, or makes us sound like a good parent, or makes us sound like a good employee, or a good business owner, or makes us sound like a good human? It's really fun to put that out on social media and with our own language. I am guilty. This is why I can do this sermon like this. Is we put all this freely stuff out. Well, Jesus is like, wow, good for you. You can read the weather. Awesome. And then if we do want to get a little deep, you're like, well, what in the world, Marcus, is the sign of Jonah? He threw in that little weird one. Well, if you know the story of Jonah, what happened to Jonah? He got swallowed by a fish. And how long was Jonah in the belly of the whale? Three days. How long was Jesus in the belly of the grave? Three days. So in other words, what Jesus is saying, hey guys, I love how he like, classic Jesus. He never puts it blank, like plain. He just does it. He goes, hey guys, I'm going to die. I'm going to go into the ground for three days and I'm going to rise. 
And good for you. You know how to read the weather and you know how to read your Bible. You still won't believe in me when I raise from the dead. So if you're a person who's like, well, if I just saw a miracle, man. If Jesus actually just talked to me and told me to believe in him. If God actually just audibly said, believe in me. Then I would believe in him. And if Jesus actually told me to confess my sin or actually stopped, told me audibly to stop doing this, well, then I would. Well, you're just like the Pharisees. You're just like the Pharisees. Jesus said, I will die in front of you, go into the grave. That's the sign of Jonah. I'll be in the ground for three days and come to life again. You still ain't going to believe. And there ain't no greater miracle than that. So if your faith is waiting on a miracle, that ain't faith. Right? If your faith is waiting on a miracle, that ain't faith. And that's what Jesus was saying to the, to the, to the Pharisees. And what happens is, we as a 2022 American Christians, we have all of this at our fingertips. So I can just imagine you who are struggling to believe in Jesus, struggling to give your life to him. It doesn't come down to a faith thing or it just one, if I just heard that right sermon or if I just heard that right thing in the Bible, it would finally click. Er, wrong. You're not willing to deal with you. You're not willing to surrender to yourself. You're not willing to die to yourself and say, I'm wrong, Jesus. You're right. I come to you and I say, you take me, have me, have your all. That's what you're hung up on. Why do I know that? Because I can call a pot, you know, kettle calling it black, because I'm hung up on me too. But when we come to Jesus, the Bible says this when we when we when we diligently seek Jesus, he rewards those who seek him. And the and the book of Proverbs says this. Proverbs chapter one. If you're starting the new year and you're like, I don't know, I should get into the Bible, what should I read? I would suggest that you start with the book of Proverbs. We're going to get into it later on, I think, this year. And there's one chapter for every month. There's 31 chapters. There's one chapter, excuse me, for every day, typically in the month. Maybe one month has 30 days. You'll read two chapters a day. Read just a chapter a day. Right? What do they say? An apple a day keeps the dentist away or the doctor away? An apple a day keeps the doctor away. I say a proverb a day keeps the fool away. I don't know about you, but I can tend to be a fool. And this is what Proverbs says about wisdom. It says, out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? Man, that's talking right to me. Because I'm trying to make wisdom more complicated than it is. I'm trying to figure out why this piece of machinery won't start. <laughs> and I never go, oh, it's probably the emergency kill switch. That would be a great place to start. I go, oh, the starter must be broken. The engine must be seized. Oh! And we do the same thing with our personal lives. We don't ever go... Maybe I should confess my sins with my mouth and believe in Jesus Christ in my heart so that I might be saved from myself and God's wrath. I typically go, I don't know the word of God enough. I should research this more. I should get into the Bible project. I should listen to the sermons more. I should listen to more podcasts. You know what I should do? I should serve the poor more or go and give more to the, you know, give more to the poor or do the soup kitchen. All great stuff. 
Maybe you should just back up a minute and look at your emergency kill switch. It's probably off. Does that make sense? Are you guys picking that up? Because that's what I picked up out of this. I picked up that Jesus is over here going, hey, wisdom is free. And wisdom ain't complicated. Stop making it complicated. Wisdom is available to all. It cries out from the public square. It cries out from the city wall. In the open air, it says it projects. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.